On agenda tonight, Manx Taxpayers Alliance representative Michael Josem tells you that you aren't interested in the Alliance's wealthy backers before setting out a very clear and considered agenda to challenge the status quo and bring greater transparency into Manx politics. Is there a place for the Alliance's games and lobbying in the Isle of Man? I'm almost convinced, but surely transparency works both ways. Have a listen to see what you think. The Manx Taxpayers Alliance is a not-for-profit lobby group based here in the Isle of Man, and so we're a we're an organisation that's incorporated in the Isle of Man under the Isle of Man laws and, and you know, we're obviously very much based here and we campaign around three basic ideas. First of all, that government taxes should be continue to be uh, low, fair and simple. Uh, and, and would you say they are low, fair and simple? Yeah, continue, so that's why I say uh, we, yeah. we believe that taxes should continue to be low, fair and simple. Uh, second of all, that, uh, that we should have high levels of uh, government transparency. Uh, and, and third of all, that uh, we should... Um, uh, get good value for money as taxpayers for the things that we um, are forced to spend through the tax system. During the last election campaign, the uh, the question arose, uh, who is the, the Manx Taxpayers Alliance? Because, of, of course, the Isle of Man, this is this is what we do. We, we love to have a, a skeet. We love to know uh, who funds things, how, how it all works. Um, you have avoided giving a, a, an answer to, to that um, around about election time. Do you, do you see that maybe people would be interested in knowing a bit more about uh, who, who, who's behind the organisation? So I, I don't accept the premise of, of your question that that, that that question was not answered, and that question was very much answered in that in that the people who are supporting the the Manx Taxpayers Alliance are, are, are the people of the Isle of Man, and and so obviously it is obviously illegal for for me to you know, reveal their names or identities, just in the same way as a visitor to, to Manx Radio today, when you go to sign in, the names of the other visitors are, are not, not visible, just as is illegal for the Greens Party or the Labor Party or, you know, Cruise Bereavement Centre or the Manx Cooperative Society or any other organisation in the Isle of Man to, to give, publish a list of names of supporters and so on. Uh, and, and so that's very normal. It is very obvious to me and it is very obvious to you, Phil, because we've done the training in GDPR. Uh, we know what the law is and we know that it's illegal to, to publish such information. Uh, and so obviously I'm going to abide by the law. Uh, and and apart from anything else, you know, that's a bit of a distraction here in that I don't think, Phil, that your listeners care about me as an individual or care about <laughs> in, in any people who who, who as, as individuals, but rather they care about the issues. Uh, and so that's what I think is much more important to talk about anyway. Okay, so if, if we stick then with issues, uh, what, what, why do you think there's a need for an organisation like the Manx Taxpayers Alliance? You know, with our relatively small uh, parliamentary system, you know, the very approachable nature of members of the House of Keys, um, we, we seem to have managed well enough in the past uh, with uh, people who have concerns going and raising them with MHKs. MHKs then either as part of government or perhaps as uh, backbenchers lobbying government have been able to do much of what you're describing the, as the role of the Manx Taxpayers Alliance. So so what do you think has, has, has changed? What what do you think has been the, the motivation to, to actually establish the alliance? So I'm a, a very strong believer that our community benefits from more institutions. And so we can see across in the UK that, that they have a relatively vibrant uh, parliament, which uh, is very um, strong and, and, and very 
aggressive in scrutinising the claims of the government. Um, they have chambers of commerce, they have trade unions, they have uh, aggressively independent newspapers and other media outlets reporting and investigating and challenging the government. And I think that the Isle of Man benefits from different institutions. And so, for example, um, like just to take one example, a couple, a couple of months ago, uh, the we were curious to see about the growth in uh, in staffing numbers from different aspects uh, of the um, of the government, uh, and and when we looked at the published data, we discovered that the data didn't didn't add up. The numbers simply were, were in error, uh, and so we were because and I, I think that no one else noticed that because no one else had actually looked at the data before. Uh, if we take last year's uh, Isle of Man government budget, there are a bunch of just typo errors in the budget that was approved by Tinwald. Because they, they go you know a matter of five hours from the budget being published to the public to being rubber-stamped by, by the House of Keys, there is not time for, for effective scrutiny. And so that's why the Taxpayers Alliance does things like looking at the boring data. We look at the spreadsheets, we make pretty charts uh, so that we can understand and, and to benefit the people of the Isle of Man. Because then they can easily see what the situation is. You p- published recently a, a, an article uh, in relation to uh, government fat cats, and uh, I thought that was quite a useful one to explore a little bit. I mean, uh, perhaps to, to begin with, if you could explain uh, what the concerns of the Manx Taxpayers Alliance are in relation to that specific issue. Sure. So for many years, the Isle of Man government has been publishing data on the number of staff members employed at different salary levels above £50,000. I think it's fair to say that no one's really looked at much of that data <laughs> previously. Uh, and so what we, we did is we, we took the historical data that was available from 2016 to 2021. Uh, we made it into a simple accessible spreadsheet that anyone can have a look at now. Uh, and we made some pretty simple, pretty clear graphs. And, and that shows that that the number of government employee, Isle of Man government employees earning over £50,000 a year has increased by about 75% in just five years. Um, the number of, uh, of, at the, of, of government employees earning at the very top end uh, has increased also even, even faster. So, so five, six years ago, there was just one employee earning over £300,000 a year. Um, the most recent data shows that there's now six. And so that's a, that's a big increase at the, at the top, top end of town, especially at a time when for many, many uh, teachers are having um, pay disputes. The government says well, we can't offer you more than a 2% pay increase, but at the top end of town, it's, it's a lot higher rates. And so I think there's a discrepancy there that the people of the Isle of Man should, should be aware of. In relation to fat cats, it is fair to say that uh, we all like to grumble about them, and yet um, various issues that have arisen over the course of the last... Um, I suppose, last five-year term, potentially uh, things could have been avoided if we had been able to, to pay people with more skills, uh, more ability. Um, p- perhaps you know, one of the criticisms of Isle of Man government is uh, it doesn't attract uh, the high flyers because it can't afford to pay them. Um, uh, so so is, it, is, is this kind of a damned-if-you-do, damned-if-you-don't situation for government? It's difficult to to talk about this stuff so generally. Because the Isle of Man government provides very little specific information, it's difficult to answer that with much concrete. And and that's a little bit different from across. So, for example, across in the United Kingdom, they 
publish a list of every single government employee earning over £150,000 by name, um, by their salary level uh, and, and by position. Whereas that data does not exist here in the in the Isle of Man. And so the result is, is that the Isle of Man government pays, certainly from what limited data we have available to us, pays very generously compared to, to, to across. It's very difficult, Phil, to answer that question about the value for money of, of specific staff members here in the Isle of Man because we have a relatively small community and, and it is difficult because the Isle of Man government does not pay, or does not disclose, rather, um, information as transparently as across. So, for example, across in the United Kingdom, they publish a list of the position of every single government employee who's earning over £150,000. No equivalent list exists here in the Isle of Man. Uh, and so their list across in the UK gives a, gives a for each position... It gives the floor of their salary, it gives the amount that they're being paid and the position that they're getting paid. That does not exist here in the Isle of Man. Um, but what we do know is that the UK data, and I, I, I want to be very hesitant here in that in that it's because it's opaque here in the Isle of Man, I don't know if it's directly comparable. But across in the UK, there are 16 staff members who are earning over £300,000 employed by the, by the UK, British government. Here in the Isle of Man, there are six. So they have £66 million for, and 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 you know we have a pe- people living across there. We are, we have what eighty five thousand or thereabouts, and so we have one percent of the, of the population, but we have thirty eight percent of the of the highly paid government staff. Now I've got to I want to be very clear that that those numbers are probably not comparable, but they're not comparable because we don't know what is here in the Isle of Man, and the Isle of Man government fundamentally operates on a on a policy of secrecy by default. And so whereas you can see the listing of every every highly paid government employee across, we don't get to see that uh, as transparently here in the Isle of Man. Is that perhaps because of the scale, the size of the Isle of Man, it means that uh, it's, it would be very easy to identify individuals? Or are you saying uh, that the names, that you know, the people are named or their positions are named in the UK anyway? Yeah, so the positions are named in the UK. You can, you can type this stuff into Google. Anyone can have a look and see what the rear left admiral of the South Pacific or whatever the, whatever the position is. Uh, and you can obviously type that position into Google and you can see who, who the, you know, the photo of the person who, who, who fills that, that role. Uh, and so it's a different level of, of, of scrutiny. And so to get back to one of the questions you asked, why do we need this in the Isle of Man? Is that I believe that democracy dies in darkness. I believe that sunlight is the best disinfectant. And so when we, we open this up and we, we are subject to, to that public scrutiny um, because taxpayers' money is special because we, you, you, the government is the only, only body in this, all, in, this, in this nation that is allowed to use force. Uh, and so taxpayer money is different in that what you do with your own private money is your own business. Uh, but what you do with taxpayer money needs to be subject to, to special scrutiny. You're listening to Michael Josem from the Manx Taxpayers Alliance. The, the, the government used to produce a what they called a quarterly economic report, uh, which had quite a lot of information in it. Uh, now, I think that was stopped uh, possibly as a result of uh, COVID and the, the, you know, the, perhaps the, the, the statistics had become so scary that uh, it, it was felt um, necessary not to, not to publish that to, to, to upset people too much because of the uh, maybe alarming nature of, of some of things people might read. Uh, and bearing in mind that we were in the middle of a pandemic, it's, you, you can maybe understand why government might want to do that. Is, is it your hope and expectation that uh, information like that will start to, to be released again from yeah, government? Abs- absolutely, Phil. And, and that, that report that you refer to, that uh, economic dashboard, um, was suspended during COVID and it was substantially replaced by the Economic Recovery Group's dashboard. Um, that stopped being updated uh, 
in uh, last year. And so we wrote to the Treasury Department, have, we've already written to the Treasury Department asking that they reinstate that previous report because that's useful information for policymakers. And what and, information, I mean, what reply did you get to that? Uh, we'll take it on board and give it all due consideration. Right. <laughs> so, so let's hope that, because this this stuff is, is really important for businesses planning because the businesses planning um, can, can use this information to make estimations about future investment they can make uh, information uh, they can make better decisions if they have better information and it's not you know should not be controversial information here about having information about uh, housing prices or unemployment or inflation or other you know common uh, economic statistics especially because the Isle of Man is, as we all know we're not part of the United Kingdom there are some local factors that are separate here uh, and it'd be really good to, to publish that information that's why it's exactly why we wrote to Treasury some time ago asking that they reinstate that and of course, there is a, uh, a, 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 a perhaps not unreasonable um, habit of, of the Manx public that, in the absence of, of information, statistics, uh, clarity, um, uh, there's a, a habit of, of, of making up stories and or, or filling in the gaps uh, with with imagination. So, so it's actually in government's best interest, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, the best the best antidote to bad information is good information, and so if we can publish that information, that's why one of the things that that I think is really important to the Manx Taxpayers Alliance is that obviously we are we are biased, we're deeply biased in favour of, of the interests of the taxpayer, but we always publish the source documents as well. So so if any, someone disagrees with uh, any of our conclusions, they can have a look at the underlying data as well. This whole argument in, in relation to how to fund government services, that there are two sides to this, aren't there? There, there, there is the, yes, we, we clearly we don't want to, to, to squander resource. Uh, I think that's absolutely clear. I don't think anyone and the other man would say that squandering resource is a good thing. Uh, and yet, um, you know, certainly my experience in certain areas of government, uh, we, we do the, uh, you find the knee-jerk reaction, which is let's get rid of the middle management and the senior management and focus on the front line, uh, which works up to a point. Um, but then uh, things start to go a little bit awry because there aren't people there to, to actually properly manage the, the service um, and things go wrong. So so can you see that it's not always as simple as the, 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 the black and white uh, when it comes to um, discussions about uh, staffing? Sure. So let's take a, the perfect example at the moment is the education department. In that, in that I think that there is widespread consensus in the community that schooling and and education is really important uh, in that there's probably no greater public good that our government provides than educating our young people, and that's really important. But it's disappointing that the education department has had uh, a, a 40%, 40% increase in non-teaching staff over the last five years, but the number of teaching and lecturing staff has stayed entirely perfectly level at 990 staff here on the Isle of Man. And the result being is that in recent weeks, a number of classes at Ninians, Balakamine, Ramsey, and 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 also I think down south at uh, Castle Russian, where students have not been able to attend classes because they've had insufficient number of teachers. And so and so we need to fix that. Instead of having a forty percent increase in non-teaching staff in the education department, um, I think we, we, it's clear as as evidenced by the fact that students cannot attend school um, that we don't have enough teachers here on the island. We need to fix that. And of course, that forty uh, percent increase would be a forty percent increase of a relatively small amount compared with the number of uh, uh, teachers. But but I, I mean, well, I, I think it's still an important clear, point. Is that it's about it's about fifty fifty. And so 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 five years ago, sixty percent of the education department's pay budget went to teachers. Now only fifty five percent. And of course, that's five percent in five years. But that's a very concerning trend, especially when we don't have enough teachers to staff classes. 
But is that because of changes in, in the role and remit of the department? So taking in other areas like uh, the, the, the um, I don't know, swimming pools, sports uh, halls, what, what, whatever, or or is because because again, it's always difficult to do these comparisons. Uh, uh, and and I suppose what your argument, your repost is going to be, well, government doesn't provide us with enough information to be able to make these uh, conclusions. Yeah. So this is data that was published by the Isle of Man's Human Resource Department, or by the chief, by the chief minister, and so and so in that they've made decisions, and 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 in in other areas they they appear to have corrected the data so it is like for like. So for example, um, during that last five years, Manx Care was pulled out of the Department of Health uh, and Social Care, but they kept it so in 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 that comparison, and so and so across the whole government there was a significant increase in the number of staff during the last five years which is fine if they're doing more and better things but if they can't even do the core things of running schools for students then that that's there's something wrong there uh, and so this data was revealed uh, in answer to a question by Julie Edge our new minister for education right. and I hope that she takes up the reins uh, in that I think that she has has a long and storied history of, of scrutinising government. Now she's in a position of of, of influence as, as a minister. She should be riding the heads of the of her department saying, why do we not have enough teachers to operate schools for every student? Like, that's, that's got to be the core education department mission, uh, and let's let's get that done. And I hope that Julie, is, Julie Edge will be the woman to, to, to fix that. In the, the course of the next five years, obviously, Manx Taxpayers Alliance, as far as you're concerned, is going to continue... Uh, presumably, uh, I, I mean, your, your description of it is it, it's it's backed by the Manx public. Um, so um, you're, you're you're actually paid to to undertake this role. Uh, not not at the moment, but I have been in the past. You have been in the past. No. Okay. Uh, so so you're a, a a member. So how how would you actually join um, the Manx Ta- Taxpayers Alliance? Is, is it yeah. a membership? Uh, yeah. So look, anyone anyone can go to our website. Um, drop us an email. We'd love to have you. It's it's, it's very open. It's very welcoming and. Uh, our website is at taxpayersalliance.im. And are there lots of members? I mean, do we know? Ne- never enough. We'd, we'd yeah. always like to have more. Uh, and so, and so, like much like any other community organisation, it is driven very much by the interests of, of our our stakeholders. And uh, that's that's hopefully, I think um, that that one of the things that I think is really important though is to is to ensure it remains intellectually rigorous and uh, and to do uh, this interesting research which is why you know we published this data that anyone can have a look at benefits for for the people of the Isle of Man it's all freely accessible uh, and that really relates to our core mission and actually that's quite an, an interesting re- revelation there that you're you're no longer paid by the Max Taxpayers Alliance because I think many people believe that this was a you know this was effectively a paid role that you had so so you're uh, what what would you describe yourself as then a, a spokesperson for the organisation or I, I guess so a director founder what I don't I don't know what the I don't think that really is is important but what's important here is to is to you know to ensure that there are people here who are fighting for the interests of the people of the old man politics is 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 clearly a passion for you. I mean, you 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 um, you've forced a number of elections. Um, you 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 are very passionate about this. Uh, does it um, uh, worry you that um, pe- people? I don't know. Is it trying to get people connected with with politics? I mean, the likes of the Our Island Plan. Um, I mean, government to a certain extent was was scuppered by uh, COVID when it en- endeavoured to go out uh, and 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 publicly uh, um, promote the plan. 
Um, but it's fair to say it's hardly captured people's imaginations. Uh, the Manx Radio Vox Pop um, had a fairly uh, disappointing uh, result if, if you happen to be someone who's, who's lived and breathed the Our Island plan for the last uh, uh, three, four months. Um, how, how do you engage people? How do you get people more actively in, involved in politics? So I think that we need to be humble as 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 community leaders and recognise that for most people there are more important things than politics and that politics is a distraction. It's far more important to, to get up in the morning, to go to work, to come home, to ensure the dinner's on the table for the children, that your kids are doing their homework, that, that, that and you know, you know, that married at first sight is on a TV at whatever time it is and, and you know, that, that man you is gonna lose to Watford this weekend and, and, and so on and so forth. And and in that sense, Politics is a distraction, and and what I think is really important is we focus on the the things that matter to people, such as the cost of living. So, for example, for many people of my generation, uh, it is really difficult to buy a house on the Isle of Man, and that's because we have these very restrictive uh, restrictive rules that relate to the supply of housing. So, when there's not much housing available, the price goes up. That's this is you know the stuff that you learn at you know at high school or let, let alone university economics. It's really basic things. And so when we focus on those sort of issues, I think that people will realise that uh, that uh, these decisions matter. And that every time the the government increases their taxes, so for this this government has increased taxes on hospitality already. Um, they didn't replicate the tax uh, cut on aircraft passenger duty. Uh, I think there's a real opportunity to for people to say, well, look, you know, you you got what you voted for, and and you'll get it good and hard. And and so that's that's the that's the disappointing part. I, uh, I mean. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree uh, entirely with what you're saying, that politics doesn't matter. To, or, you know, people are, are, are disinterested. They have this um, lack of... of uh, well, they don't see why politics is important to them. Maybe that's the best way of putting it. Uh, and yet everything you've described uh, is, uh, to a certain extent, um, governed uh, or, or led by uh, politics and politicians. And... Uh, um, you know, maybe I'm 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 hankering for an age that never existed, but it does seem to me that um, we we have a a, a population who largely uh, their only engagement with politics seems to be an election, and then once the election's out of the way, um, we we hope that our politicians will do the the best job and throw bricks at them uh, when they don't. Yeah, well, look, we have very long parliamentary terms here in in these aisles. Uh, in other Western nations, uh, it's elections every two or three years at the most uh, and so it's very unusual here for elections to be so rare um, I think that you know shorter terms would be be better because it would increase the democracy the democratic power of the public and that we've got to remember the the, the correct and, and, and the morally right um, pyramid of control is that the the public should be on top and they should keep their politicians under the thumb and the politicians should keep the civil servants under the thumb uh, and so it was um, you know that was something that 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 my good friend Kate Beecroft, when she was health minister, she sought to do, uh, and when she left the left the Tinwald, um, she she reiterated reiterated that point that that these decisions matter. It affects people's lives, and you know if you chat to someone, hey, is your has your life been affected by the decisions on the prom? Then you know they'll they'll give you very clear differences, they'll get different feedback. Um, you know whether it be things like you know to take something relatively trivial it's like the flumes the water slides at the nsc like there is a fundamental like on one level it's it's trivial on the other hand it is a symptom of, of, a, of a of a political system that has lost its accountability and it is unfortunate that people are having to go to hospital because the water slides don't work right you know this should not be a complicated thing and so to come back to one of the issues that we talked about earlier is is that 
is that I fundamentally have a, have a core belief that if we get the core job of government right, get the teaching right, get the infrastructure right, get the 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 um, the tax system right, that then the people of the Isle of Man will, will flourish and prosper and be better off as a result. Michael Josen presents a very interesting case and certainly convinces me that articulate lobby groups can play an important role in Manx politics, supporting the interests of the public and holding Tynwald and government to account. I still think that it's unfortunate that the backers of the Manx Taxpayers Alliance continue to hide behind laws designed to protect personal information rather than hide political influence, and this lack of transparency remains troubling to me. That's a real shame, as it undermines the credibility of an organisation which otherwise seems to be playing a valuable role. This programme is available as a podcast which you can access from Manx Radio's website. But for now, I'm Phil Gorn, Gunamayu. Thanks for listening.